Thessalonians chapter 4. And as you're, uh, as you're doing that, we're going to watch a short video. We're going to watch a short video. Jesus Christ is coming back for his church. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 24, verse 42, Watch therefore, for you do not know the hour your Lord is coming. I want you to know, church, that Jesus Christ could come this month. Or he might come next week. Or he could even come... How many know that that's in the Bible? Amen. And uh, it's, it's, it's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. It says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much, Lord, for just everything that you do. And we just ask that you just watch over us, Lord, that you soften our hearts to hear from you, Lord. Lord, we ask that you give us ears to hear your word, Lord Jesus, and to change our hearts, Lord Jesus, and, and just to want to do something for you. Lord, I ask that you just speak through me, Lord Jesus, and just allow me to get this message out the way that you gave it to me. Lord, we thank you. We love you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. A lot of people have never heard of the rapture. I know that's surprising for some of us. A lot of people have never heard Jesus other than in a cuss word. But for us, we get the privilege of coming to a place where we preach about who Jesus Christ is. And we preach about the rapture of the church. Because a lot of churches today don't preach on the rapture. And a lot, of you, a lot of people today, when they heard me talking about turning to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, they immediately turned their ears off and was like, hey, I heard this before. I heard this message before. When they seen the video, they was like, ah, oh, yeah, I've seen that video before. And that just means that this message is for you today. And you know why I like that video so much? Because it's in a church. I don't know if y'all saw that, but it was in a church. Because a lot of times we can just get caught up in, oh, well, 
long as I'm going to church, I'm good. Long as I'm around other believers, I'm good. But if you would turn into your Bibles to Matthew 7. Just say amen when you get there. And I don't know if you've seen in the video, but it was a guy in a red shirt. He probably was just like those people who turned their ears off and was like, oh, I heard this before. He was like, oh, I heard that pastor go again preaching on, on the rapture. And then he was left looking around. And then he realized what, what the Bible was saying about this is true. This has just happened. And I'm still here. And I'm preaching this message because I don't want any of us to be here when that time comes. And so if you'll look at chapter 7, starting in verse 21. It says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. I never knew you. I don't want any of us to have to hear those words. I don't want to have to hear those words. I want to hear those words of enter in, good and faithful servant. Those are the words that I want to hear from my father when I stand before him, when I take my last breath. And so I want to title this message, Focused on Eternity. Because a lot of times we can get caught up in doing what we want to do, doing the things that make us happy, that we can forget about who we're supposed to be living for. I mean, we spend our whole prayer time asking God for stuff to make us happy. God, can you give me this? God, can you give me this? God, I, I really need this. He was like, I give you all that. Just do what my word says. Put me first. In Matthew 6, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. All these things will be added to you. But unfortunately, a lot of people today truly believe, they might not say it out loud, but they truly believe 
that they can fake it as Christians all the way until they stand before God. And then when they stand before God, they can say, God, I, I did some awesome things. We did some awesome things at that church. Remember that church I went to? We did some amazing things at that church. Remember? God was like, yeah, I remember that church. They did some awesome things. But what did you do with the life that I gave you? What did you do with the talents that I gave you? And that's a question we all have to answer. Each and every person in this place is going to have to answer that question when they stand before God. And so a lot of people feel like they're going to be able to stand in front of God and, and give him the most amazing excuse ever. One that God hasn't heard and, and then he's going to say, you know what? That was an amazing excuse. Come on in. It's not going to happen like that. I want to let you know that right now while you still have a chance to change it. Amen. While you still have a chance to say, God, I'm sorry for not living the way that you call me to live. And I want to read this that a guy wrote. He says, if you're playing church or just doing it because someone else is doing it, then today is your day for a new start to be born again. He says, look, you can fool us all the way to hell if you want. We may even at your funeral speak great things about you. But how many know it doesn't matter what we speak about you? It doesn't matter how many amazing things we speak at your funeral. When you take your last breath, you're going to have to stand before our God and give an account for what you have done with this life on this earth. And you can fool everybody in this place. You can fool your husband. You can fool your wife, your kids, everybody. But only you and God know if you live this Christian life fully like God has called you to. Only, only you and God know that. If you would, in uh, Hebrews chapter 9, it says, Verse 27, it says, and as it is appointed for man to die once, but after this, the judgment. We get one life to live on this earth. One life. And the next moment isn't guaranteed. The next day isn't guaranteed. And so we have to live it the way God wants us to live it. Not that we think God wants us to live it, but the way that God wants us to live it. And if you turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Verse 10, it says, for we must all 
appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Only God will judge you. I know a lot of people say that. Only God can judge me. If that's what you want, then it will happen for you. But it's not what you want. There is only, it says, there is only one lawyer who is able to get you off. When you come to that court date and you stand before that judge, and he is a just judge, meaning there must be a punishment for the crime. It says there is only one lawyer who is able to get you off. No amount of money can purchase him. It says the only way for him to represent you is for you to have represented him prior to the court date. It says, if you can't afford an attorney, one will be appointed to you and he will be glad to represent you. The only thing it'll cost you is your soul. Who do you want to represent you? When you're standing there in that court, in that court date and you're standing there and God pull out his list and you know what we're going to try to do. We're going to have a list ready too. God, look at all the good stuff I've been doing. Look. And just how amazing God is, he's going to say, you left some stuff off. I got a bigger list of the good stuff you done did. You done did even more than that. But it's not enough. And he's going to say, who's representing you? And that's when the angel of light going to come in. I'll represent him. And you're going to say, yeah, this, this is my representative right here. This is him. Yes, this is my representative. Court proceeds, and as he proceeds, he's going to say, God, this person right here, every time you told them to go witness to someone, they had an excuse. Every time you told them to wake up early and pray to me, they had an excuse. Every time you told them to wake up in church and, and, and listen to you, they had an excuse. Every time you told them to get consistent on coming to church, they had an excuse. And you're going to begin to look over there like, man, who are you representing? He's going to say, I'm just letting God know what you've done. And you're going to realize that that's not who you really want to be representing you. But at that point, it's going to be too late. It's going to be too late for you to say, no, I want somebody else. Because there's only two. Who do you want to represent you? And if you want Jesus Christ to represent you on that day, today is the day. That you give your life to him and represent him from every day on until you take that last breath. And then when that court day come, he's like, hey, I'm here. 
It's like, oh, he's representing you? Don't even worry about it. Enter in, good and faithful servant. Enter in, good and faithful servant. That's what I want to hear. That's me. I don't know about you guys, but I know that that's what I want to hear. And so you're probably asking yourself, well, what do I do then? I want, I want that. I want Jesus to represent me. It's simple. If you turn to 1 John chapter 2. Verse 3, he says, now by this, we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. God made it pretty simple. Pretty, pretty straightforward. What do I have to do? Keep his commandments. Okay. Which ones? All of them. In Roman, I mean in Revelation chapter 22, verse 14, says, blessed are those who do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. Listen, God gave us the blueprint on how to make it to heaven. He gave it to us. He put it all in his word. He put it all in his word. He said, this is it. It's foolproof. All you have to do is follow it. But we being the smart people that we are, we say, okay, well, which parts? Let me just follow the cool stuff. Let me do the praying for people. Let me do the, the, the I want to do all the cool stuff. But God said, no, I need you to go witness to that person who hate me, who's probably going to hate you, who's probably going to cuss you out when you tell them about me. I want you to go talk to them. Nah, God, I got a reputation, and it's not going to happen. But a lot of times we get caught up in doing what we want to do. And God said, I need everything from you. I need your reputation. I, I need all these things from you if you're going to follow me. But we say, ah, God, I can give you this. God, I can give you this and this. I can give you all this stuff over here. But, but this one thing right here, God, don't ask me for it. Because I'm going to have to walk away sad like the rich young ruler. Whether that's money, whether it's your kids, your husband, your wife. We try to hold things off. Okay, well, God won't see this. God won't ask me for this. And God, it was like, God is like, I need everything from you. We have to stay focused on eternity, amen? If you turn to uh, Matthew 26, I just want to give you a few things that you can start with. 
a few ways that you can go and say, you know what, I'm going to start doing this because I, I, I want to spend eternity with Jesus Christ. In verse 41, it says, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit that's inside of us is willing. I believe every last one of us want to spend eternity in heaven. But not every one of us want to do the hard work. We just want to get the rewards. But we have to say, you know what, God? I don't really know how to live for you, but I'm, I'm willing. And I'll go day by day living for you. And if I mess up, God, help me. That's what God is asking us for. He's not asking for perfect people because there is no such thing. He's asking for us to have a perfect effort, the perfect heart, the perfect spirit to say, you know what? God, I... I I want to wake up early and pray to you. Help me wake up. God, I want to live for you. Help me do that. It's like, okay. I put these brothers and sisters in your life. But I need you to get around them and follow their instructions. I'll put some people around you who, who, who want to do what I do. It's like, okay. God, I'll do that. Because I want more of you. We have to watch and we have to pray, it says. And if you're a watchman, I want you to just think about this for just a second. If you're a watchman in your own duty, and you're supposed to be watching out for the enemy, and you fall asleep, the enemy's going to come in. The enemy's not going to only kill you but he's going to kill all those that you're supposed to be watching. All those that you're supposed to be alerting about the enemy coming, they're going to die too. So this walk is not just about each and every one of us. We have to get to the point to where we say, God, let me stay up. Because in this, in this scripture, he had three of the elite disciples. Three of the twelve. He said, y'all come with me. And he went off to pray and they went to sleep. And he came back and said, can y'all not stay awake with me and pray with me? And when he left, they went to sleep again. And then the second time he came back and was like, okay. And went and prayed again. And then when he came back, he woke him up saying, hey. Can y'all not stay awake with me? They was like, oh, yeah, yeah, we can. He was like, it's too late. My enemies are here to get me. It's time to go. Ah, oh, but I was tired. I was, I, was, I was sad that you were going to have to go away, God. I was sad. Whatever it may be. But we have to get to the point to where No matter what we got going on in our lives, God has to be number one. 
No matter what we're going through, no matter how hard this life is, we have to get to the point to where God is number one. Because this life is only a short time. I know we have young people in this place who are like, man, I got a lot of life to live. And I showed that to my kids. I was like, tomorrow's not promised, guys. And as we were sitting at the table, I, I just YouTubed a story of the death of a 10-year-old popped up, of a 5-year-old popped up, of a 4-year-old popped up. That means it doesn't matter how old you are. No matter where you're at in life, you can have billions of dollars, you can have $10, you can have no money. It doesn't matter. When your time, when your time comes... It's time to go. And you're going to have to stand before God and answer that question. What have you done with this life that I gave you? You're not going to be able to say, God, I was only 21. God, I was only 17. I was in high school, middle school. What did you do with the life that I gave you, with the time that I gave you? What did you do? You're going to have to give an answer for that. Amen. And in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, it says, No one engages in warfare, entangles himself in the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. If you're fighting a battle, if you're fighting a war, you can't be worried about the things that are going on outside. Because if you begin to think about those things, then you're going to take your mind off of these things, off of the war. And those people that depend on you to be focused, something can happen to you. And if something happened to you, then that's one less person that can help them. We have to stay focused on eternity. Luke chapter 21, verse 34 through 36 says, Take heed to yourselves, lest your heart be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the cares of this life. Watch this one. It says, And that day, capital D, comes on you unexpectedly, for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. We have to be watching and praying not just once a week not just on Wednesdays and Sundays every day we need to be watching and praying that we can escape these things that are coming because I know it may have been a video but one day that video is going to come to pass 
And I pray that if it happened in this church, that there be not one person left in this place. That this place be a place that all the other people who, who we invited and we told, hey, you need Jesus. And we handed out those Jesus cards. That they'll have a whole lot of space to come to. And a whole lot of Bibles. And I know for me, I, I still have this thing in my Bible. Just in, whenever we get time to go, it just tells them what to do when the rapture happens. Because I ain't going to be here to tell them no more. We need to be prepared. Because just like that guy in the red shirt, there will come a day and they are going to say, you know what? Everything that they was telling me was real. What do I do now? And they're going to be trying to think about what all the things that you've told them. And this is the first place they're going to come. Hey, I got to get to that church. Maybe somebody's there. But I hope and pray that not one of us in this place be there. And I'm going to end with 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Starting in verse 10. It says, and indeed, you do so towards all the brethren who are in Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. I forgot to tell you guys I was going to cuss. But in verse 11, it says um, that you also aspire to lead a quiet life and to mind your own business. That to work with your own hands as we commanded you. That you may walk properly towards those who are outside and that you may lack nothing. Did y'all hear that cuss word? To mind your own business. To mind your own business. We have to get to a point that this walk is personal. We can't be worried about what they're doing. We can't be worried about all the other things that are going on. Like, ah, oh, I see they missed church two times. They must be doing something. We got to worry about our own business. And it says to lead a quiet life. For a lot of Christians, that's hard to do. Because they want to go out and tell everybody how saved and sanctified they are. And in the Bible, it doesn't tell us to do that. It says to go and tell them about Jesus. Not tell them how saved you are. Go tell them about Jesus. 
in what He has done for you. Giving Him all the credit. for opening our hearts, Lord, to just receive you this morning. Lord, I ask that all those who had a hard heart this morning coming in, Lord, I ask that you soften their hearts, Lord, and that you allow them to receive this word, Lord. Not as a rebuke, Lord, but as a reminder. your word is not going to lie and that if we're not living every single day for you that we may not spend eternity with you and Lord I don't want anybody in this place Lord to not spend eternity with you Lord I want us all to go and to enjoy those things Lord that you have promised us as we're here Lord I ask that you just give us the, the strength that you give us the boldness Lord to wake up each day Lord each moment and give everything that we have to you not holding back anything Lord not putting anything that we desire in front of your desires Lord for each and every person in this place Lord Jesus if that's you this morning who you can honestly ask yourself have I lived every moment up till now wholeheartedly for God if your answer is not yes want you to raise your hand or anything I just want you to whenever we come down to this altar I, altar I just want you to take that time to repent say God you know what I haven't gave you my all but I want to change that today Lord I want to give you everything that I have I want to serve you with all my heart But before you can serve that Jesus that we've been talking about, you have to give your life to him. That's the first and most important step there is. So if you've never called on the name of Jesus and accepted him as your Lord and Savior, I just want you to put your hand up and put it back down. I'd like to pray for you this morning. 
Maybe you said that prayer before. Maybe you said, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. But then as the days went on, you wanted to do more and more what you wanted to do and less and less of what God wanted you to do. But today you've made a decision that you want to come back and you want to give your life back to him with all of your heart. I just want you to raise your hand and put it back down. I'd like to pray for you. Amen. If we could all please stand. your hand and you meant it that you want to live your life for Jesus that you want to live every single day for him maybe you didn't raise your hand but that's what you want to do I want you to step out of your seat and I want you to come down here so we can pray for you some hands that went up but one thing God showed me as I was putting this message together and when Jesus began to finish his messages up he said he who has an ear let him hear He didn't beg too many people to come to him. He said, if you have an ear for what I've preached, come to me. I'll take care of you. So I just want to ask everybody to come to the altar if you would. And just take some time and just say, God, listen. I want to live for you. be that one that gets to heaven and says Lord Lord and you have to say to me I never knew you I don't want that for anyone in this place let's take some time